Welcome back, race fans. The Daycar Rally is over for another year. Anaheim 2 for the Supercross saw two new winners in 2020. The Chili Bowl lived up to all the hype again. The Wild West Shootout has concluded and much more news on Big Dave's Racing Podcast. Buckle up and get ready for the ride. General news. In this week's general news, uh, not a whole lot going on there, but since Penske has taken over Indianapolis Motor Speedway, there are some rumors out there that Indianapolis Motor Speedway will be adding lights to the track. Also, something about an endurance race being held at IMS as well in the future. Plus, this year will be the last race NASCAR Cup Series races at Indy on 4th of July weekend. And that's something that Roger Penske has said himself in interviews. So what does all this mean? Let's break it down. Um, as far as I'm concerned, the IMS Speedway having lights, I, I don't know. It, I think it's going to cost a lot of money to do it because it covers a lot of territory. Yes, it's a two and a half mile track, but it's not like it's out in the middle of nowhere. There's a lot of infrastructure around the building. Uh, around the facility and I know that they can add lights and stuff but I, I don't know how well a race at night would be at Indianapolis Motor Speedway now an endurance event where they run a 12-hour event that goes from day to night or you know I, I don't really see them running uh, an event on the oval around that place it's, it's hard enough to see at that track as it is so them trying to run a night race there, I, I don't see that happening. And that's just my opinion. It could happen. It could not. Uh, but we'll, we'll just have to see. But I like what Roger's doing so far. He's made a few announcements about some stuff he's going to do. I think that they said on the 4th of July weekend they're going to have Florida Georgia Line there and having a big concert there on that weekend. Uh, and then, obviously, the Xfinity Series is going to run the road course there this year uh kind of breaking that a little bit earlier that's supposed to be in my news later but yes ims uh, announced that the xfinity series will be running on the road course this year instead of the oval um and i'll have a little more on that later on but that is all the general news i got this week uh, about ims and i really don't have anything else that's generic so that will be all of that today Supercross news. Race three of the Monster Energy Supercross schedule saw a return visit to Anaheim, California for Anaheim 2. In the 250 class, the heat race winners were Christian Craig and Austin Forkner. A LCQ winner was won by Michael Mossiman. The 250 main event saw Christian Craig jump out to a whole shot lead but his 16-year-old teammate of Jet Lawrence would get by him and lead the next 16 laps. Until he took a fall, he got back on his bike and held on to lead briefly, but 2019 250 Supercross champ Dylan Ferrandez got by on the last lap and picked up his first win of the 2020 Supercross season. Joining him on the podium was Justin Cooper and Brandon Hartranf. Make note of this, Dylan Ferrandez pretty much ran over the whole field getting to the front, knocking several drivers down and not making any friends along the way. He was actually fined $3,000 and put on probation for the pass that took out Christian Craig. Also make note that after Jet was passed by Ferrandez on the last lap, he did sort of a front wheelie thing and nosed into a jump coming to the finish line and ended up crashing and breaking his collarbone. So with that, the 250 results for this week uh, was Dylan Ferrandez, Justin Cooper, Brandon Hartramp, Michael Mossiman, Alex Martin, Luke Clout, Mitchell Odenberg, Jacob Hayes, Jet Lawrence, still finished ninth after the fall, and Killian Oberson. That was the top 10 in the 250 main event. Okay, now on to the 450 class. Uh, the heat race winners were Eli Tomac and Ken Roxon. The LCQ was won by none other than Chad Reed. In the main event, 
Ken Roxon shot out to the whole shot lead and took off out front. He fended off KTM's Blake Baggett early on in the feature. But Blaggett fell off his bike, challenging Roxon for the lead. While there was a scrap in the top five between Cooper and Anderson, Eli Tomac, who was in 10th across the start-finish line after the first lap, started to methodically work his way through the field. Tomac was flying and in a league of his own, running a second and a half faster than, faster than the leaders. Tomac would overtake Roxon on lap seven and not look back, nor was he ever challenged the rest of the race leading the final 17 laps of the event, taking his first victory of the year in dominating fashion. He was joined on the podium by Ken Roxon and Cooper Webb. So after those three guys, we had fourth was Zach Osborne, fifth was Jason Anderson, sixth was Adam Cincerillo, seventh was Justin Brayton, eighth was Malcolm Stewart, Ninth was Justin Barsha, and 10th was the privateer, Dean Wilson. So in the top 10, uh, in the points now, we have Ken Roxon holding a three-point lead over Justin Barsha. Uh, he's got a five-point lead over Eli Tomac, and he has a nine-point lead over Jason Anderson. Adam Censorillo is fifth in points. Cooper Webb, the... 2019 Supercross champ is in sixth right now in points. He's 13 markers behind Ken Roxon. Zach Osborne is seventh. Eighth is Malcolm Stewart. Justin Brayton is in ninth. And tenth is the KTM rider of Blake Baggett. I watched the races on Saturday night. Um, I thought they were really good. Uh, Dylan Frandis, I have nothing really against him, but he ran over a lot of guys in his 250 main event. Uh, and he didn't make any friends. He's riding really rough. I know he wants to win, but he was kind of the Dale Earnhardt of that 250 Supercross race. Um, 450 race, uh, good to see Roxon get out there after he won last week, but Tomac, he come on a mission, and he got it done. I was a little worried. I'm not, I mean, I don't, he's not my favorite or anything, but, you know, he started off kind of, slow again 10th after the first lap but boy he just kind of took off from there and got past Roxon and never looked back uh so that was the news from uh, anaheim 2 and next up for the monster monster energy supercross series is round four at glendale arizona this weekend saturday january 25th and i'll have all those results from arizona next week on the big dave racing podcast show and that wraps up our Supercross news for this week. NHRA news. Three-time NHRA Pro Stock champion Jason Line has announced that the 2020 NHRA season will be his final season behind the wheel of a Pro Stock race car. Jason will drive his final season aboard the Summit Racing Pro Stock Camaro for Ken Black Racing for his Finish Line Tour. Jason joined KB Racing back in 20, well, in 2003. Jason has won 52 national events in his career, 50 in the Pro Stock class, and two in Stock Eliminator. Uh, Jason is a heck of a good racer. He kind of uh, give Greg Anderson a run for his money there for a while. Uh, he's still a great racer, but I know a lot of stuff that he does involves around engine building. Uh, at Ken Black Racing, and he does a lot of pro stock motors for a lot of different teams and stuff. So I think that he's going to put the focus uh, from the driving to the engine building because I know that's one of the passions he has. Uh, he spends hours and hours and hours in the dyno room. So I think he's just going to give it up and do what he kind of enjoys to do more, and that's uh, build engines. So I uh, wish Jason a great final season this year hopefully he has uh, a great one and wins some races and maybe ends up with a championship and hopefully he goes out on style so uh, congrats to jason line and and that will be it for the nhra news this week indycar news 
Chip Ganassi Racing has announced that Swedish hot chocolate maker Husky Chocolate will be sponsoring the Swede of Marcus Ericsson this year in a number 8 Honda in the NTT IndyCar Series. Husky's been sponsoring a McLaren uh, F1 team the last couple years, so it's good to see them come to the IndyCar Series. Uh, next up, we have interesting bit of news here. McLaren and Fernando Alonso have officially ended their formal relationship. He was an ambassador for the walking outfit last year after his recent F1 stint with the team came to the end in 2018. Now one would have thought that it would have been a natural fit for Alonso to join the newly branded Aero McLaren SP IndyCar team for the 500 this year. So where does, in, where does Alonso end up going? Will he go to the new McLaren IndyCar team since they have formally uh, ended their ties together? I don't know. Will that open up a possibility for Alonso to go to... Andretti Autosport, which we obviously know that uh, a couple years ago when he was at Andretti Autosport, they had a chance to win the Indy 500. Uh, had the Honda engine not let go with, uh, I don't know, about 20 laps to go in that race. So Alonzo, he stated that the Indy 500 in 2020 winning that race is his number one priority this year. So will he go to the Aero McLaren team and the Chevrolet engine that they're running? Will he go to Andretti Autosport and the Honda? Will he go to Graham, uh, the Ray Hall Letterman racing team? Uh, I don't know, but it'll be interesting to see where he picks to go. Uh, <clears throat> who knows? But I guess we'll find out in due time. And that wraps up IndyCar news for this week. Sprint Car News. The All-Star Circuit of Champions, owned by Tony Stewart, has announced the All-Star Points Fund will increase to a whopping $258,000. That is a $58,000 increase from last year's point fund. The championship team will collect a cool $65,000 for their effort. The Points Fund will pay the 12 top, top well the points fund will pay the top 12 positions and point standings at year's end the all-star circuit of champions is sponsored by ollie's bargain outlet and has a 55 race schedule on tap for this year the battle for the championship officially begins on friday and saturday april 10th and 11th with a two-day show at attica raceway park in attica ohio i think this is huge for sprint car racing uh, I was talking with a buddy of mine about this, and I think that 12th place pays $5,000 uh, in the points fund. And it's an incredible amount of money uh, that they put forth for this year. And I honestly think that they kind of stay on the East Coast, uh, Ohio, Pennsylvania, uh, little Indiana, and areas like that. They stay over here racing those cars uh, they've got a 55 race schedule and for 65,000 to win uh, I think that's a heck of a prize for the top team to run that series uh, the world of outlaws they run like a 90 race schedule and they race from Canada to Texas to California all the way out east so uh, and and they pay I think about a I think it's a hundred grand for their championship but that's just incredible uh, that I, I, I'd say if you're a, a budget team, you're wanting to try to run a series and you don't want to have to travel all over the country. I think the all-star circuit of champions is the place to be. Uh, Tony's got a great uh, championship series set up there. Uh, I think a lot of the drivers like the series. They pay good purses on a weekly basis and all in all, it's, it's great for sprint car racing. I'm not docking a World of Outlaws series. Uh, that's an entity of its own. But I think if you're a sprint car racer, uh, boy, it'd be hard to pass up that all-star circuit of champions if you got the money to do so. So it'll be good for the guys this year. Hopefully, wish the champion to be the best of luck. And hopefully, they can pocket that $65,000 
And with that, that will wrap up this week's Sprint Car News, Formula One News. In this week's Formula One News, French manufacturer Renault has announced its launch date for this year's Formula One Challenger is February 12th. That's one day after the Ferrari launch. The launch will also feature this year's drivers of Daniel Ricciardo and Esteban Ocon. Next up, we got Mercedes has announced it will launch its 2020 Challenger on Valentine's Day, February 14th. So that would be an interesting one. Next, we got Alpha Turi, formerly Toro Rosso, has announced it will launch its 2020 Challenger on February 14th as well. So a couple of Valentine's Day surprises there. Uh, next up, we got Ferrari has signed Arthur Leclerc, younger brother of Ferrari star Charles Leclerc, to the Ferrari Driver Academy. The younger Leclerc will join Prima Power Team and Formula Regional European Championship this year. Uh, could we see the brothers, the Leclerc brothers, race in F1 together? Maybe on the same team? Ferrari team? Will that happen? Probably not. Well, I think it'd be pretty cool. I don't know how far Charles is behind, uh, or he's ahead of Arthur, obviously, but with contracts and all that and stuff, uh, maybe by the time that Arthur is ready for the big show. Charles will might have moved on. Who knows? He could replace him. I'm just speculating. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But that's pretty cool. Uh, and also, I'm going to add a fun fact today. That did you know the base entry fee for an F1 car at a Grand Prix event is $556,509 this year. In comparison, that entry fee is about the same cost of two complete NASCAR Cup Series cars. That's astronomical. Formula One is tons and tons and tons and tons of money. Uh, I can't believe that. That entry fee is insane. I know NASCAR's is way lower than that. It's still a lot of money to me, but a half a million dollars plus just for an entry into a Grand Prix event. Uh, no wonder they got cost issues over there in Formula One. Uh, and with that, that wraps up this week's Formula One news. ARCA news. Marietta, Georgia's 17-year-old Corey Heim has joined Venturini Motorsports for the multiple events across the ARCA Menard Series East and West Series as well. Heim will kick off his year at the ARCA East event at New Smyrna Speedway in Florida on February the 10th. Next up, we got Bill McAnally Racing has announced his four-driver lineup for the 2020 ARCA Menards West Series this year. Giovanni Seltzi, uh, Jesse Love, Gracie Trotter, and Holly Holland. Each driver is in the Toyota Driver Development Program. Seltzy will drive the iconic number 16 car. Love will drive the number 19 car. Trotter will drive the 99 car. And Holland will pilot the 50 car. Next up, we got Scott Melton will run the ARCA Daytona event for Kimmel Racing's number 69 Ford Fusion. Scott and Kimmel Racing run 10 races last year, earning two top 10 finishes. And with that, that wraps up the ARCA news for this week. Daycar Rally News. Well, folks, the Daycar Rally did wrap up over the weekend. Carlos Sainz held on to win the 2020 Daycar Rally for the X-Raid Mini. Sainz won his third Daycar Rally overall for his third different manufacturer, having previously won in 2010 in a Volkswagen and a Peugeot in 2018. Sainz's winning time was 42 hours, 59 minutes, and 17 seconds. Two-time Formula One champion Fernando Alonso finished a respectable 13th place in his maiden Dakar rally, some four-plus hours off the pace of winner Sainz. So I've got the other class winners here. If I hope I don't butcher these names, there's a couple guys I might have a problem at pronouncing. But American Ricky Brabick won in the bike division. The first American to win in the bike division. So that's awesome to see. Romanian Emmanuel Gaines won 
and the original by Modal Vision, Chilean Ignacio Cassell, one in the quad division, Russian Andrei Karganov, one in the truck division, and American Casey Curry, one in the UTV decision. Uh, division, not decision. Come on, Dave. Sorry, folks, I'm getting there. Uh, also, kind of sucks here, but we had some more bad news. Uh, Dutch bike rider Edwin Straver suffered a terrible accident in the final stage of Dakar. His family says his heart stopped beating for 10 minutes after crashing his bike. He was currently in the hospital in critical condition with a fractured spine. My thoughts and prayers go out to Edwin, hoping he makes a full recovery. I've been checking up on this the last few days, and there has not been any more news on Edwin Straver. So hopefully uh, no news is good news, and he, he does make a recovery. That is a bad deal. Uh, we'd all, they'd already lost Paulo Gonzalez uh, earlier in the event, and we don't need to lose another one. So uh, nothing but thoughts and prayers for him. Uh, and that wraps up the rest of the Descartes Rally News. And hopefully next year will be a good rally. And will Alonzo be back? I don't know. We'll find out. But thank you all. IMSA Sports Car News. Finally, the Rolex 24 at Daytona is this weekend starting Saturday, January 25th and wrapping up on January 26th. The race length is obviously 24 hours on a 3.56 mile road course. We've got four classes that's running this weekend. We've got the Daytona Prototype Internationals. There's going to be eight of those entries. The Le Mans Prototype 2 entries will be six. The GT Le Mans cars, there will be seven entries there. And the GT Daytona class with 18 entries. And then as of, I'm recording this, there's some breaking news on that end, and Rick Ware Racing has decided to withdraw their Le Mans Prototype 2 entry from the race. So with that, it will drop the field of cars in this year's Rolex 24 down to 38 cars. That's down from 47 entries last year. It already has the fewest number of starters in the race's history. The previous low was 42 starters in 1962 in uh, the Rolex 24 second year. So, man, I don't know what's going on with this deal, but that that sucks. Um, to go from 47 cars last year to 38 this year, um, I, I don't know. It, I'd say the sport is doing good, IMSA is, but man, those numbers are not very good at all. So hopefully uh, the IMSA and NASCAR, because NASCAR owns, owns IMSA, hopefully they can get some things figured out to where they can draw some more entries, but that that's a tough pill to swallow. But anyway, besides that, the Rolex 24 is this weekend. I love that race. I'm going to try to watch as many hours as I can. Uh, I think it's all on TV. There's some sports apps that it's on, but coverage on the actual TV of channels that I have, uh, there's a lot of it. So I'm going to try to get in at least 10 hours or more of the Rolex 24 this weekend for myself. So I can't wait racing at Daytona this weekend. It's going to be cool. Uh, so... And obviously, next week, I will have all those results from this weekend's Rolex 24 for you next week's show. Uh, and that is all of the IMSA news for now. Midget car news. Well, folks, the Chili Bowl is history. There's some big news over the weekend and last week. And I'm going to take you day by day with the results for each, each night's preliminary races. So we'll start off on Monday night, January 13th, Bixby, Oklahoma, 17-year-old Connor McIntosh won the prelim night. He was in the number 71K Keith Coons Motorsports car, Sunshine Tyler Courtney, and his Clawson Marshall ride would finish a close second Monday night. 
Wing Sprint Car Star Aaron Rutzel. <laughs> Aaron Reitzel. I'm laughing because I got a buddy that just don't like Aaron Reitzel. Anyway, he finished third. Uh, McIntosh and Courtney locked themselves into Saturday night's A Main. Tuesday night, January 14th, saw NASCAR star Kyle Larson win his prelim night. He was driving his own Larson iRacing Lucas Oil 01 Midget. Broken Arrow, Oklahoma's Jonathan Beeson finished second. So Larson and Beeson punched their ticket in the Saturday night's A Main event. Also on Tuesday night, the Virock Race of Champions took place. Seventh starting Christopher Bell would go on to win the race, driving the number 84X Tucker Boat Racing Entry. The Norman, Oklahoma native would pick up his first win in the Virock Championship race. Wednesday night, January 15th, saw two-time Chili Bowl winner Rico Abreu hold off some late challenges to win his fifth consecutive preliminary night win in the Chili Bowl Nationals. Rico was in his Keith Coon's own Safelite Autoglass sponsored number 97 car. Roseville, California's Kobe Copeland finished second and Blake Hahn finished third. Rico and Kobe are locked in to Saturday night's A-Main event. Thursday night, January 16th, saw three-time Chili Bowl champ Christopher Bell win his fifth preliminary night in as many years. Chris Bell was driving the Tucker Boat-owned 84 machine sponsored by iRacing. Bell was followed across the line by San Jose, California's Thomas Meserol and Pingrove, California's Michael Colfoyd, Bell, and Meserol locked into Saturday night's main event. Friday night, January 17th, saw Minden, Nevada's Tanner Thorson, Tanner Thorson win his first Chili Bowl night, Nationals prelim night in his career. Tanner won a slider fest race with multiple lead changes and four different leaders in a 30-lap event. Tanner was driving the number 19 Haywood Motorsports Oil Fire Whiskey Sponsored Spike Chassis Car. Hollister, California's Ryan Bernal finished second, and Canton, Illinois' Chris Windham finished third. Thorson and Bernal locked themselves into Saturday night's A-Main event. So, I'm going to catch my breath here. We had five solid nights of midget racing and a chili bowl prelim nights some good racing each night seemed to be a good show you had 10 drivers lock into saturday night a main through the prelims so that left us with saturday at the lucas oil chili bowl nationals saw the alphabet soup run throughout the day with 14 drivers advancing to the a main event Saturday night's main event saw buddies Christopher Bell and Kyle Larson battle for the Golden Driller. Christopher Bell jumped out to an early lead and paced the field, lapping several cars. But Kyle Larson kept him in check and used a lap 39 slide job on a restart to get past Bell, and he never looked back to win his first Golden Driller in 13 attempts. Larson was driving his self-owned 01 Lucas Oil iRacing TRD King Chassis Car. Larson was followed across the line by Christopher Bell, Cannon McIntosh, Logan Seavey, Rico Abreu, Jonathan Beeson, Buddy Kofoid, Blake Hahn, Ryan Bernal, and Tyler Klassmeyer. This year's Chili Bowl saw a record 77 flips. I watched it Saturday night. With some buddies of mine that's big supporters of the Big Dave's Racing Podcast. It's a great event. I thought the races were good. But I am going to add a little bit of a, my own opinion to this. I really wish for the A main, that after they run the B mains, I wish they had not worked the track up at all. Um, the A main, the, the race was very predictable starting off. Everybody just ran around the bottom. The track eventually widened out. They got a little bit of a cushion up there. But that was after about 30 laps of the 55-lap race. 
then guys are really moving around, going high and low, trying to find uh, the best lines for the cars. So if it was me, I'm not Tony Stewart or Gravel or the guys that do all the trip track prep work throughout the week like they did. And they did a phenomenal job. But for that 55 lapper, if it was me, I would have left the track alone, let that dude take rubber, and then things would have been sliding around because they've been like on ice out there, slicker than snot. I think it would have made for a lot more interesting uh, A-Main race. Not saying that the A-Main Saturday night wasn't great, but I think it could have been better. Uh, it could have maybe brought some other players into the race. So, yeah, with that, it's over. We move on, and that's all the midget news for this week. Dirt Late Model News. In this week's Dirt Late Model News, the Kaiser Manufacturing Wild West shootout returned on Wednesday night, January 15th. Brandon Shepard of New Berlin, Illinois, would collect his second victory in a row after leading flag to flag in a 30-lap feature and collected the $5,000 payday. Shepard was followed across the line by Jimmy Mars, Ricky Weiss, Ryan Shirley, Chase Jungrens, Frank Heckenes Jr., Bobby Pierce, Rick Eckert, Mike Spatola, and Don Shaw. Next up was Friday night, January 5th. Brian Shirley of Chatham, Illinois, outlasted his fellow Prairie State buddy, Brandon Shepard, to win the $5,000 Kaiser Manufacturing Wild West Shootout Race at FK Rod Inns, Arizona Speedway. Following the two Illinois natives across the line was Chris Simpson, Ricky Weiss, Ricky Thornton Jr., Johnny Scott, Frank Hekinus Jr., Chase Jungrens, Stormy Scott, and Kay Dillard. Then, we had the Saturday night edition of the Wild West Shootout at FK Rod Inns Arizona Speedway. Again, saw Chatham, Illinois' Brian Shirley get his third victory of the miniseries. The win was worth a cool $5,000 and guaranteed him at least a $10,000 bonus for having collected three wins in the series so far. Shirley was followed across the line by Ricky Weiss, Brandon Shepard, Kate Dillard, Bobby Pierce, Brian Burkhofer, Stormy Scott, Chris Simpson, Frank Hekinus Jr., and Earl Pearson Jr. Also, after that, we had Sunday night's Wild West shootout finale at FK Rod Inns Arizona Speedway last night. We saw another great race. We saw Brandon Shepard hold off a charge from the 17th starting Brian Shirley to get his third win of the miniseries and a $15,000 prize for winning the finale race. He is followed by Johnny Scott, Ricky Weiss, Brian Shirley, Bobby Pierce, Ricky Thornton Jr., Chase Jungrens, Brian Burkhofer, Garrett Albertson, and Ryan Gustin. The Wild West shootout was dominated by Rocky Chassis. Rocky. I don't know why I said Rocky. Okay, folks, bear with me. Rocket Chassis. Winning all six races with two drivers. Both Brandon Shepard and Brian Shirley collected the $10,000 bonus from Kaiser Manufacturing for winning three events each in the miniseries. Brandon Shepard also collected $3,000 for winning the miniseries points championship. And that is all the Dirt Lake Model news for the week. NASCAR news. Okay, folks, um, there's a lot of NASCAR news here, so bear with me. We're going to make it through it. Um, I want to start off by saying that the Daytona 500 is only 26 days away. I am so pumped. I cannot wait. Those of you that know me know I'm a huge NASCAR fan. I love all motorsports, but NASCAR is probably my favorite. But yes, the Daytona 500, only 26 days away. All right, now let's get started off. Menards and its various vendors have announced they will continue to sponsor Brandon Jones and a JGR Xfinity Series number 19 Toyota Supra for 15 races this year. 
Other sponsors for the number 19 JGR car will be announced at a later date. Next up, and this is a big one, NASCAR finally announced the rules package change for the short track and road courses this year in the Cup Series. As I've mentioned before, they were terrible last year. Uh, there's no need for a short track to be a bad race. They should be your best races. Anyway, here are the changes that they have made. The spoiler will go from an 8-inch spoiler to a 2 and 3 quarter inch spoiler. The splitter will go from 2-inch overhang to a quarter of an inch overhang. Wings on the splitters go from 2 inches to approximately 10 and a half inches uh, as it was last year. The radiator pan stays the same, but the vertical fencing is removed. So this package that they're going to run this year is very similar to the package that they run in 2017 and 2018. Um, I know they're trying to improve the racing on the uh, mile and a half and stuff like that, but when they made those changes, and they did, I, I think overall they improved the racing on the mile and a half tracks, but when they did that, they hurt the short tracks and the road courses really bad. So I'm glad to see NASCAR step up and make these changes for this year. I know next year is going to be a whole new ball game and stuff with, with the next-gen car they're coming out with. But kudos to NASCAR for making a change. I think across the industry, uh, the teams, the drivers, the fans, I think everybody's happy about these changes. So um, I'm happy about it. And to go along with this little change that NASCAR's made, uh, Goodyear has announced that they will go to a softer compound uh, for the tires on the short tracks this year to help improve the tire wear and fall off. I think this is a good addition. They're going to be taking downforce away. Uh, give them a little mechanical grip back uh, by having some uh, softer tires, but that will wear them tires out faster and it will have we need tire fall off i don't care if it's intermediate um super speedway i really would like to leave the same but uh, i think the intermediate short track road course they need to have softer tires they need to wear out these tires need to fall off uh whenever i think when you throw in two tire pit stops and stuff yeah it's a gamble but uh Man, I like to see the discrepancy in speeds uh, with new tires and old tires. And, and you don't see that a whole lot anymore unless you go to a track that's really worn out, uh, like California or, say, Atlanta, um, some of these other places that have good tire fall-off, uh, Homestead, Miami. But I think softer tires is, is better. Uh, that's a good deal. Proud uh, Goodyear is going to step up and make that change as well. Uh, next up, we got Brit. <laughs> Hold on, um, Bristol, Charlotte, Roval, Dover, Martinsville, New Hampshire, Phoenix, Richmond, Sonoma, and Watkins Glen. That is where they're going to have the softer tires. I should have added that. I uh, had it as a separate bullet point there. But yes, um, those are the tracks that they'll be running the softer tires. I'm glad to see that. Uh, next up, Dale Earnhardt Jr. will make his 2020 Xfinity Series return with the Hellman's Mayonnaise uh, number 8 Chevrolet Camaro on March 21st at Homestead Miami Speedway. Um, he ran Darlington last year, which I thought was really cool. Kind of surprising that he's running Homestead Miami, um, and he's making an early start this year. Uh, I reading the news and stuff and they're like oh he's making his return to nascar i'm like he's been driving a race every year since he retired uh he's not making a return he said he was going to do this so let's not make news about it uh not saying it's not news but uh we all know what's coming so let's just go on with it uh maybe an early start like that maybe he'll race another race down the line this year Two events, three events, I don't know. I know he misses the race, and he obviously has to. Uh, maybe this early start will provide a couple more opportunities down the road for him to run some races. So that's pretty cool. Glad to see Dale Jr. and Hellman's Mayonnaise Machine come back on track. 
Next up, we got the Mountain Dew Zero. Uh, we'll be sponsoring number nine Chevrolet Camaro Chase Elliott in this year's Bush Clash on February 9th. PepsiCo's latest beverage, Mountain Dew Zero Sugar, features the same citrus taste as the original Mountain Dew, but with no added sugar. I didn't know about this. Uh, but yeah, I actually saw this stuff in the grocery store the other day. No, I did not buy it. I'm not a diet drink fan. It gives me headaches. I, I can't stand aspartame or anything like that. But yeah, that's cool. Mountain Dew's been sponsoring Chase since he came into the Cup Series uh, a few years ago. Uh, he won a race with them at Kansas in 2018. Uh, they always got some cool paint schemes. This paint scheme is, is cool nonetheless. Black and green. I'm digging it. Uh, so it'll be cool to see that car at the Bush Clash on February 9th. Next up, we got the 2000 Xfinity Series champion Jeff Green and RSS Racing is team back up together to run Daytona and Talladega this year. Jeff will be driving the number 38 Camaro with sponsorship from C2 Freight. Green had two top finish, two top ten finishes last year with RSS Racing. Good to see Jeff back in the car again. Um, in 2000, when he won the championship, he was driving a Nesquik Chevrolet Camaro. It was a bad-looking car with a Nesquik bunny on the hood, yellow and blue car. But he won the championship by like some 600 points. So that was phenomenal. Uh, he's a good driver. Glad to see him still out there racing. Hopefully him and RSS Racing has uh, some good luck this year. Next up, NASCAR IMS and Roger Penske announced that the NASCAR Xfinity Series will race at, on the IMS Road Course on Saturday, July 4th this year. It'll be the first time the stock cars run the IMS Road Course event. All right, time out. Time in. I had to get me a drink, folks. Uh, getting a little parched here. Anyway, I want to throw some thoughts in on this deal. Is it cool that they're going to run the road course event uh, at, with the Xfinity cars at IMS? Yeah. But I'm going to give you the Big Dave's opinion here. <laughs> I think that the Xfinity series and the trucks should both run Indianapolis Raceway Park. It's actually Lucas Oil Raceway now. I criticized a friend for that. He he said IRP, and I said, no, Chad, it's Lucas Oil Raceway. So it's Lucas Oil Raceway. It's across town uh, from the big track, but I think those two series should run that short track. That short track produces great races. Uh, there's been great truck races. There's been great Xfinity races there over the year. Years and I just don't think the those series I, I I don't think that the Xfinity series belongs on the big track. Uh, it's a little different throwing them into the road course, yeah. But really, NASCAR, please just send them back over to Lucas Oil Raceway, race them where they belong. That's some great racing over there at that track, and leave the big track to the Cup cars. Uh, it's still not the greatest racing, but it is a prestigious event just because they are, you are racing at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So that's that's really cool, and I know every driver wants to win there. The races aren't the greatest, but they are what they are. And, yeah, just send the Xfinity cars and the trucks over to Lucas Oil Raceway. That's all I ask, NASCAR. That, that, that's it. I mean, okay, and I'll drop that. I'll drop that. Next up, we got DGR Crosley named Shane Wilson as crew chief for Tanner Gray, the pro stock NHRA driver, and a number 15 Ford F-150 and the 2020 NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoor Season uh, Trucks Series season this year. Shane Wilson's been with had been with RCR forever. He's a great guy. I think he's well liked by all the uh, teams and NASCAR and stuff uh, and I think with his experience and stuff and Tanner Gray being a rookie I think it's a good pairing here hopefully they'll make some noise next year 
So yeah, that, that's a good deal for uh, Tanner and Shane there to be teamed up. Next up, we got Josh Williams has announced that he will return to DGM Racing for the 2020 Xfinity Series uh, this year. He is scheduled to drive the number 92 car with sponsorship from Startron, Sleepwell, Stay Sky Hotels and Resorts, General Formulations, Silverton Casino, IV Bars, and Verb Systems, LLC. Josh drove for the team last year and finished 17th in the point standings with his best finish being 8th at Talladega Super Speedway. He also collected 7 top 15 finishes last year. Next up, we got Brandon Brown announced he will be returning full-time to the Xfinity Series this year, driving his family-owned number 68 brand-built motorsports car. His best finish was a 6th at Daytona last year and collected 22 top 20 finishes. He said the team could potentially run a second full-time team with the 86 car. No sponsorship details have been revealed. Next up, we got Natalie Decker will drive the number 44 Chevrolet Silverado in select events this year with Nice Motorsports. She joins Ty Majeski, Ross Chastain, and Carson Hovcar, Hovcar, H-O-V-E-C-A-R, Hovcar, as drivers for Nice Motorsports this year. She will open the season at Daytona International Speedway driving the number 44 truck. Sponsorship announcements to be announced at a later date next up we got joe graff jr joins ss Greenlight racing for the 2020 xfinity series this year he will be competing for the rookie of the year honors driving the number 08 chevrolet camaro crew chief by patrick donahue donahue no word on sponsorship uh time out Time in. Had to get me another drink. Sorry, folks. For a little pause. I know it's kind of ridiculous, but you know, you got to get a drink. You got to get a drink. Anyway, NASCAR's next gen car wrapped up the test at Homestead Miami Speedway last week. Um, so, yeah, I've seen pictures of this. I heard, I've seen a little video of Eric Jones. He was the test driver there. Um, yeah. They are using the sequential transmission that I mentioned in a show or two ago. Um, they showed him leaving pit road, and it's just push up, push down. And he was on the track, and the little um, indicator on the dash showed him being in the fifth gear. Um, I know they said there's like a six-speed transmission, so maybe it's only going to be five speeds. Uh, maybe six for super speedway. I don't know, but he was using a, a sequential shifting transmission. Um, he said that the cars definitely drove a lot different. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, obviously it's the same car they've been using. Um, Chris, I mean, Eric Jones, I, I guess he liked it. Uh, it's going to be different. A lot more mechanical grip, he was saying. Uh, you know, the independent rear suspension. Uh, and I tell you what, they they showed the car on the track and stuff and it going by. Uh, the engine is really, really different sound. Uh, so I know there's rumors of a V6 next year. Is that what they're running in the next-gen car right now? I know there's a lot of different duck work on top of the um maybe throttle body stuff on the front of the top of the engine uh they've not specifically said what motor they are running but it definitely don't sound like a traditional v8 motor that they're running in the series now uh or in you know the cup series right now so uh are they running a v6 i don't know but it definitely sounds different sounds good in a good way i will give it that but definitely a, a different sounding motor uh, on that deal so there's not been any announcement on when the next gen car will be tested next i would assume they'll get on a super speedway eventually maybe after the daytona 500 stay for a day and test i don't know 
uh oh wait a minute i think they are doing california um i'm sorry i apologize i i was remembered reading that now that they will be at california after the race out there running the next gen car uh next up we got colleague racing named alex johnson just as justin haley's crew chief and bruce schlicker as ross chastain's crew chief they will be the crew chiefs for the colleague racing uh, xfinity series entries this year next up exalta exalta announced it will return to the track again this year with 22 races on a number 24 car of william byron and five races on a number 88 car of alex bowman Next up, we got DGM Racing owner Mario Gosselin has announced the Bassett brothers will return to the number 90 Chevrolet Camaro this year. With both brothers splitting the ride, sponsorship will be from the Bassett Gutters and More Company, which is obviously the Bassett brothers uh, owned or parents owned or something. Uh, next up, we got Mike Harmon plans to run two teams out of the Mike Harmon Racing Stable this year. The number 47 and the number 74 Chevrolet Camaros will be featured. Uh, I know Mike will be driving one of those cars. Who the other car will be uh, driven by? Uh, no word on sponsors or drivers, so I guess we'll find out eventually. And this is not official. But it's pretty much official. But Daniel Suarez is all but officially announced as the driver of the Gaunt Brothers Racing number 96 car this year. Um, all signs point to it being a done deal, but has not been officially announced yet. So Daniel's a really good driver. I think he'll be bringing along Coca-Cola as a sponsorship. Uh, I don't know, associate or part-time primary. But... It looks like he'll be going to Gaunt Brothers, number 96, and Parker Kligerman, who drove for the Gaunt Brothers, number 96, Toyota last year in, I think, 10 or 15 races. He has already announced that he will not be back in that ride this year. And as of now, Parker Kligerman does not have any rides set up for the 2020 NASCAR series this year. So with that, that will wrap up our NASCAR news this week. And I thank you very much. Well, folks, that wraps up this week's episode of the Big Dave's Racing Podcast. I'd like to thank all my sponsors. Okay, so I don't have sponsors yet, but I love to have sponsors. If you're listening and you know of somebody that might want to sponsor me, or if you want to sponsor me, contact me, big underscore Dave94 at yahoo.com. It's totally free to send me an email. I'd be interested to hear from you. If you're a fan and you have comments, please let me know. If you like what I do, don't like what I do, just let me know. I'm trying to make the best of this deal. Um, so, yeah, no sponsors yet, but please send them my way. And with that, I hope all y'all have a great week. I'm looking forward to the Rolex 24 this weekend. I'll have all that news and plus much more next Tuesday's show. So, until then... Buckle up and get ready for the ride.